The unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke 24:44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And so we, as the participants of the body of Christ, would share together with Christ all the things that are to be fulfilled that are written about Him in Scripture. We will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth in the heart, looking at what we need to do from our side to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is created in accordance to God in true righteousness and holiness. This commandment, this requirement, is the calling of every individual saved person. And if this calling in any way will be lost, will be lost from sight, and something different or different truth, it may even be the truth, but if this truth will dim this calling before us, then instead of inheriting salvation, we will inherit destruction. To fulfill this commanding order, we have been studying three vital, charging, and fundamental acts to put off, be renewed, and put on. We've noted that it is specifically your decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will deter determine whether you transform yourself into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath, or more accurately, will the coming about of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it forever, although our names were at their time written in the book of life, they will be blotted out. In a specific format, we've already studied the first two questions and stopped to study the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of closing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. We have been studying a unique condition that is contained in the 18th Psalm of David that reveals for us the conditions based upon which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High so that we can forever thrust him, this old person, out from within our body to hell with noise and afterwards erect the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of life in place of the stronghold of death. And this condition is that in the circumstances of our hardship in life, when we are putting off the old man, we can, pull, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our heart. 
And we're talking about the eight names of God that identify who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus, so that God can uh, receive the proper basis to join the battle for our earthly bodies and destroy the stronghold of death within our body by the power of his redemption and with noise forever thrust him out into hell. We know that getting to know and confessing the power that was in the heart of David in these eight names of God allowed him to call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised to be saved from his enemies and God getting to know the truth that is in the heart of David the power of his names in the heart of David allowed God and gave God the proper grounds to use this power in his names against the enemies of David and so here are the words of the psalm I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 3, eight names. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my strength in whom I will trust. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is the horn of my salvation. And the Lord is my stronghold. And so the lot, the inheritance, the unsearchable inheritance of Christ it are within these eight names. In a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already looked at our lot of our inheritance in the name of God, strength and rock, and therefore will immediately begin to study our lot in the power of the promise revealing itself in the name of the Most High Fortress. We note that the nature, this nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the existing names of God Most High is purposed to be the calling and mantle of a king, a priest, and a prophet. And so again, this is one that is wise, healthy, tested, and tried. One that is immovable, constant, and continual. Fearless, one that is not able to be uprooted, unpenetrating for sin, free from sin, and not participating in sin, filled with the Holy Spirit. The quality and character of the word rock is identified as a measuring uh, wreath, as we know, a rod, weights, and scales. We're talking here about the specific weight by which you can evaluate the item or the worth of an item or individual. We know that the scale plates of the Most High is the ability of the Most High as His wisdom to justly judge and weigh all the made by Him creation so that each one that is weighed upon these uh, scales of righteousness would be able to receive according to their weight or their results. The weights of the Most High are the commandments and statutes of the Most High based upon which God judges or weighs upon the plates of His righteousness that created by Him, the creation that is made by him. 
And so again, this is the ability to weigh your words and actions upon the scale plates of the justice of God, as well as the actions and words of those people that are under our responsibility. And linked to this, we have been studying the fourth question, by what results do we, can we judge that we truly have this quality of rock as the name of God Most High? Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In a specific format, we've already looked at the price of four conditions that when fulfilled are called to clothe our spirit into a rock of the Lord. Therefore, we'll turn to the next condition. And this is our ability to uh, trust upon our Lord. The second is our ability to guard with a wall our calling, that is our body. Third result of the perfect peace of God in the rock of our spirit is the memory of casting off the old man with his deeds. And so the fourth result of the perfect peace in the rock of our spirit is our ability to forgive our neighbors. The fifth result of the perfect peace of God is the presence within our essence, the throne of David. The sixth result of the perfect peace of God in the rock of our spirit is our ability to fulfill the words of God that are con that contain his commandments called to deliver our body from Agag, the king that is reigning sin within our body. And so we know that as the king of the Amalekites, he's reigning, there's a symbol of reigning sin in our body that is uh, as an old person with his deeds. To eliminate uh, the king of the Amalekites from our body, we need our soul as our Saul to submit and subject himself to the spirit as uh, King David. And for this it is necessary to lose ourselves in the death of the Lord Jesus so that in his resurrection we can receive the ability to voluntarily uh, subject the abilities of our soul to the intelligent abilities of our new person. The seventh, seventh result of the perfect peace within our spirit is the stronghold of life within our body, which is in the sleep of Adam or the symbol of the sleep of Adam. In order to invoke sleep is to cast off, to remove. And so even in the sleep of Adam, God had driven some, uh, even then had cast something out. And so when he had invoked the sleep upon Adam, he took, when he talks about taking one of his ribs, that means to take into captivity or to claim for yourself, for your belonging. And so God, as the Almighty God, 
was able to uh, throw out the death that was in the body of Adam. The word he took, God as being almighty, he took, he took into captivity the body of Adam as his personal belonging. God is almighty. He knew that Adam would fall. He knew ahead of time in advance. He saw his Adam and he saw his descendants who fell together with Adam. And every one of us has within themselves something from the fall of Adam. This is the old nature of, and so the attack of King Amalek, the, of the Amalekites, the program of the fallen cherubim that brings us a lot of uh, misfortunes, a lot of sorrows, difficulties, and we all suffer from him much because it is not possible that within one body there be the holiness of God in his limitless love of agape and evil that is endless evil that within the very same body that is this programmable system and so within uh, ourselves every holy person is suffering inside their heart becomes a field of battle between the powers of good and powers of evil and so the strong uh, the deep sleep of Adam we see the truth of the uh, blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us or given for us and so Adam gave Eve Adam gave his wife a name Eve because she became the mother of all living generally people like in the form of Saul they place themselves on a position higher than a woman not understanding that in the woman God gave us the stronghold of eternal life Eve was created as the example of the stronghold of eternal life Adam gave her the name Eva uh, Eve as a life and so in the symbol of Eve was the nature concealed this nature of eternal life you remember that God what God said to the serpent who had deceived Eve I will put enmity between you and the, and the serpent between her seed and your seed no one has ever really thought about how a woman can have a seed she has a an ovary she she she's not a, a male to have the the seed but god says that i will strike you with the seed of the woman and the reason for that is because jesus christ he was the seed of the woman there was no seed of man this was the seed of Mary. She had said, may it be according to your words. Words is a seed. She heard the word from the archangel Gabriel who had told her that she had obtained favor in God's sight and for this reason she shall be that woman that will be without blemish, that pure woman that will bear a child and give birth to the Messiah. And when she heard this, she said, may be according to your words. We've talked about this more than one, that in Jesus Christ there's no male or female gender and that all men and without exception need to have the female function and all women without exception need to have the ma male function 
The female function is to receive the heard word. The male function is to is confirm, establish this word with the confessions of your mouth. And when you do this, at this time, our ovary is then fertilized with the seed of the word of God. God, many times speaking from the days of old, in the last days, he spoke that he will place his son, he being the glory and holy everything with the with his words ha, will clean our, us of our sins and will be seated at the right hand of the Father in the heights of the heavens and will be greater than the angels as it is written in Hebrews. The stronghold of life, when we're talking about the stronghold in Hebrew, is talking about the reign of the word of life. That is the stronghold of life within the body of a person. This is the reign of the word of life that you confess as the faith of your heart. This stronghold we will have by the confessions of our mouth. God with the confessions of our mouth will erect the stronghold of life. This is the rule of the words of life. This is direction. This is authority. This is power. This is giving power or rule. This is empowering or elevating to the throne. Share your power with your heir. This is the stronghold of life within the body of a person. Not in the spirit, not in the soul, but in the body. We, we talked about this, that in the the, uh, the body in the spirit of a person is the conscience in the soul of a person this is our mind renewed by the spirit of our mind and our body this is our mouth the rod of our mouth this is the throne of righteousness throne of David and as children that are part of the flesh and blood Jesus also took on the form of flesh and blood so that with his death he would take power from the stronghold of death take power from the devil and deliver those that from the uh, to those that were subject to bondage uh, all their days God shared his authoritative power with his children and so the stronghold is what his stronghold he does and performs upon his heights. It says in Scripture, based upon the revelation of Scripture, to erect the stronghold of life in our body, God will do within the atmosphere and boundary of his eternal glory. God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory in Jesus Christ for himself, by your short sufferings or for that are short for, for a short while will strengthen you and make you immovable to him will be glory as it is written in scripture this is first peter 5:10 through 11 to him is glory and power we are his possession we are his belonging the stronghold within our body that has already been erected by us by faith because we already proclaim the not existent as existent considering ourselves dead to sin living for God and when we do this we become God's personal possession God's personal belonging to him glory and honor forever the woman is the glory of the, of the husband, the glory of God is the wife, the bride of the Lamb, that is the new Jerusalem, that is the stronghold of life, that represents the stronghold of life. And so the glory of God in the form of the stronghold of life 
And so our soul that has been lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and then uh, resurrected in his resurrection upon the condition, of course, that we are part of God's glory, that is, we are God's remnant. The one that wants to bear, uh, save his soul will lose it, and the one that wants to uh, save his 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 soul will he, who wants to save his soul will lose it and one who wa who wants to lose his soul will reobtain it as it is in the said in the Bible as we talk about our body and as the blood cleans every cell of our body the cells of our body that are being nourished by our blood, they carry corruption ourselves that are passed down from the uh, from the seed of our forefathers. Our body, in the state that it is, it represents the stronghold of death. And in this state, not our soul, not our body are able to inherit the kingdom of heaven as it is written. But I will tell you, brethren, that flesh and blood are not able to inherit the kingdom of heaven. In the state that it's in, our body, our soul, representing the stronghold of death is until the time we submerge into the death of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, water, spirit, and fire, where we make a covenant of blood, salt, and peace, losing our soul by the means of the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ, we reobtain it in his resurrection, the resurrection of Christ in a new form. It becomes in our body the stronghold of life. If our mind is renewed, then our soul within our body is already the stronghold of life. Until we lose our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus, we are carriers of the carnal body. But our soul, after it's lost in the death of the Lord Jesus, is then re resurrected in His resurrection, is risen once again, is received once again in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, in His time, will accomplish all of this in physically. But being all-powerful, almighty, He sees this already as have, has happened. And He wants us to consider this as so. Dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the not existent as existent. Thank God every single day that the stronghold of death is destroyed within your body and the stronghold of life is erected in your body. Thank God that you are carriers of the heavenly body and that this carnal body will is gone. And so as the first uh, person, his body is carnal, the second is of the spirit. And as we carry the form of the carnal body, we will the heavenly body, 1 Corinthians 15, 47-49. In the physical world, this will happen when the time appointed by God comes. When he returns to us the valley of Accor and the vineyards, and our youth and to give God proper basis to fulfill this promise at the time that he's appointed it is necessary as we I said previously consider yourself dead to sin living for God proclaiming the not existent stronghold of life within your body as existent behaving this way we will then speak the words of God that abide within our heart in the format of God's faith so that God be glorified in everything through Jesus Christ to whom is glory forever and ever. When you speak, speak as the words of God. If, some, if you serve, 
serve to your ability or as much as you're able to as it is written in scripture to whom to God to whom is glory forever and ever proclaiming your faith as non-existent as existent our words will be cloaked then into the power of the Holy Spirit and will give us the ability to follow God's commandment uh, perfectly and without uh, anything missed or lost and so the good confessions that we keep Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, I tell you to follow the commandments purely and completely as the Lord Jesus has commanded us to do until the time, of course, that Jesus comes and rules, one who has immortality, who is in the unapproachable light and the unapproachable light that no one has ever seen. 1 Timothy 6, 13-16. And so Peter and Paul constantly talked about the fact that the stronghold of eternal life within our body is God's personal belonging. To understand keeping the spirit within yourself is only possible in one way, to receive and keep within your spirit the word of life by proclaiming your your hope and trust upon God. Do everything without rebellion and without complaint. So you be pure children of God without blemish amongst the destructive nation where you can shine as a light in the world and you keep the words of life and written in Philippians chapter 16. Keeping the promise of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, we then keep the words of, of Christ's perseverance. As you keep my word to persevere, I will keep you from the hour, hour of trial that shall come upon all the earth to test those that are on the earth. I come quickly, hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar of my God, and he will not go out no more. And I will write the name of my God upon him, the new Jerusalem that comes from heaven, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear. Revelations 3, 10 through 13. Apostle John, being on island Patmos, testified he received this great revelation where the adoption of our body by his redemption is presented in the form of kings and priests that belong to God. John to the seven churches in Asia where he speaks toward the churches and to the seven angels and speaking about the one who is a true and faithful witness, the one who has loved us and cleansed us from our sins and has made us kings and priests to God. Glory and honor forever and ever to him. Amen. Revelations 1, 4 through 6. And so where, when we're talking about, in the Bible it says, rulers of the earth, it mentions this in Revelations, and when it's mentioning these things, it's not mentioning presidents and kings that are uh, presently on the earth. <laughs> it mentions, when it's talking about these things, it's talking about people who rule over themselves, or the ability to govern, uh, uh, govern over yourself. And so now we will look at that 
next name of God. Uh, as uh, as fortress, God's name as fortress. We note that this nature of prayer, where David confesses his inherited lot in the existing names of God Most High, is purposed to be the calling and mantle of a king, a priest, and a prophet, anointed by the Holy Spirit to rule over his earthly body. And if a person is not anointed to reign over his calling, that is his earth, that is his calling as his earthly body, in the status of a king priest and prophet, then this prayer will not benefit him. Therefore, the quality in Lexus identifying a, a God's name as fortress has nothing to do or has no relation to the definition as it exists in the dictionary of the world. The name of God fortress is used in this prayer psalm as the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and through whom a person is able to run to God in order to know him and be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven, containing a program and time of fulfillment of all the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God, Fortress, is identified in Scripture as the dwelling place of God, God's place of living, the sanctuary of God, the unapproachable light in which the Lord abides, the place upon which a person gets to know God, the, and a, a person gets to know God and God gets to know man, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of God's success and God's joy, the hope of God and the trust of God. Practically, the fortress of God is a place where God abides and within the boundaries of which we are able to know God and be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven. And as we know, the placement of this fortress is in three unique realms, in the heights of the heavens, in the sanctuary, which is the body of Christ, that is the chosen by God remnant and the heart of a man, one that has a humble and contrite heart and one that trembles before the preached word of God, hearing it from the mouth of a person who is clothed in to the power of a father from God and from the mouth of the helpers of this person, developing on the consistency of the lot that is contained in the name of God Fortress, we need to not forget one undisputable thing, and that is that God can be our fortress upon one condition, and that is if our heart will be his fortress. God can be our fortress upon one condition, if our heart will be his fortress. Now it happened, as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have, have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. He did not have in his heart holes for foxes and nests for birds. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. In other words, when he says, let me go and bury my father, my father doesn't understand you and doesn't accept the law that you give. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, Luke 9:57-62. Pay attention how the blood of a person, the, the house of, of, of one, will keep him back. 
And so I will go and bid farewell, is what he said. You don't need to bid them farewell. According to the words of Christ, to, in order to enter into your inherited lot contained in the name of God, fortress, it is possible when you follow the steps of Jesus, that is, his disciples, and having a heart where Jesus can lay his head. And we, I will remind you that foxes and holes for foxes is where a, where a person uh, upon the list of his priorities uh, places prophecies of men above the preached word of God and the written word of God. You know, almost all people are very uh, respectful uh, toward the word as it is. They don't need to forsake it, but true, true prophecy is the light of the word. The prophecy that people prophesied, they prophesy by measure of faith. And so they don't have a full amount of knowledge, say, of that truth. And so we can't consider it the same way as the written word, the written word in Scripture. And so when we place people's prophecies, a person's prophecies, above the word, we have holes for foxes. And so the nation of Israel, as we today, paid a lot of attention to prophecies of men and God then being angered in his heart your prophets Israel are like the foxes to the ruins you do not stand within the breach of the wall and you don't enter into the house of Israel these prophets are not those prophets that would be able to guard a, as a wall the house of Israel these are as foxes to the ruin these uh, the nests are person's personal mentality as Saul had but I thought this would be better Saul said but I think I have my own head this is what does not give Jesus the ability to lay his head down in our heart our heart is not able to be a fortress for him. One of the conditions to follow the steps of Jesus as uh, we're talking about as God's fortress, we need to allow the opportunity for the dead to bury their own dead. That is the category of parents that being Christian people have rejected the offer to them truth and the payment of the price to be the disciples of Jesus. First, the consistency of the lot contained in the name of God fortress as the house of prayer is for us a strategic teaching purpose for performing prayer, providing God proper grounds in to income into our life in order to fulfill his will elevated by him for us as his given law. Second, the consistency of the lot contained in the name of God fortress is for us one of the most important and necessary disciplines or truths called to participate in our salvation as well as our coming to power over our calling, which is adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. And so our lot in the name of God fortress becomes one one of the primary goals that that all the redeemed by God need to strive to and place this upon their list of priorities as first above all secondary things. We conclude that God, the 
the name of God Most High as fortress is a place independent of circumstances and situations we can come to receive help in time of need and the place where we get to know God, to abide in God and be fertilized with the seed of the truth in order to grow the fruits of the Spirit. According to this meaning of the name of God as fortress, we see upon in what way and upon what conditions can God be then a fortress to his redeemed ones so that the nation can be run, can run into this fortress so they can be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven in their spirit. According to the sequence uh, in which David had presented the name of God in order to God to in order for God to receive the proper grounds to uh, join the battle for our earthly bodies. The lot and purpose of strength as the name of the Most High consisted in clothing a person into a double layer garment of justification that is able to protect us from the deadly cold of sin. She is not afraid of snow for her household for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Proverbs 31.21 Strength and honor are her clothing she shall rejoice in time to come. Proverbs 31.25 The lot and purpose of a rock as the name of God Most High coming from the strength of God consisted in clothing the spirit of a person into the power of perfect peace where a person is able to weigh himself upon the scales of righteousness. You will keep him in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26.3 The lot and purpose of the name of God fortress consists in a person in Jesus Christ able to being able to run to and approach God in order to know God and be fertilized with the seed of the truth. There no shall be from among them and their governor shall come from their midst then I will cause him to draw near and he shall approach me for who is this who pledges his heart to approach me says the Lord and so again fortress is to approach God you shall be my people and I will be your God Jeremiah 30 21 through 22 and so through Jesus Christ, we are able to approach God. He's the only one who has the right to the power to approach God, and we in Him are able to approach Him. In order to be placed into Him, it is necessary to have strength, to have the lot of, of God Most High and the rock of His name. When we weigh ourselves upon the scale plates of righteousness, cleansing ourselves from all the filth of the flesh and the spirit, the opportunity that is contained in the lot of the name of God, rock, we will be able to receive the right in Jesus Christ to the lot that is contained in the name fortress because only by the lot of a rock are we able to cleanse our heart from a, from a dirty conscience it is not possible to approach God with a, a dirty conscience therefore the verb to approach God as your fortress this contains the opportunity that gives a person the ability to be fertilized with the seed of the promise that belongs to the door of our hope so that God can receive the power and the ability to destroy within our body the stronghold of death and use the tool, uh, destroy this tool of the stronghold of death that this old person relied upon 
In Hebrew, the phrase to approach God is to approach the altar, draw near to God, enter into the sanctuary of God, get closer to God, run to God's help, find yourself in the fortress of God, be able to be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven, and grow fruit to God. Because of these definitions, the lot of the name of God, fortress, has different meanings as we see, has different uh, definitions, and depending on the situation and time can have very many different meanings. First, the name of God as fortress is called to be the legitimate right for a relationship with God. Second, and so this is so that God can call, can get to know man and man can get to know God. Second, the name of God as fortress is called in Jesus Christ to place the promise upon the account of a man that the Lord has ordained in in fortress as his name from the times of old that this person due to specific reasons has not yet been able to receive because in him it has not yet been formed the ability to be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven would be repented and came to God then independent from the fact that God has placed upon our account our new bodies so that we become carriers of the heavenly body we did not yet have these uh, function of fertility this again, this place I'm going to read is talking about us when we were, we had just come to God, but we were not yet mature and formed. We have a little sister and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement of silver. And if she is a door, we will close her with boards of cedar. And then another category of saints say, I am a wall and my breasts like towers. Then I became in his eyes as one who found peace. Songs of Solomon 8, 8 through 10. Having breasts like tower is to have in your spirit the Urim and the Thummim. That is, have within your spirit a tower is having the ability to hear God in your spirit and give God the opportunity to hear our voice. That is what it means and my breasts like towers. That is the spiritual realm. That this, my sister, she has no breasts. That means she has not yet been matured. She's not able to receive the seed of the word of God because she does not understand what is good and what is evil. Often evil is perceived as good and good is perceived as evil because she is attracted by every form of doctrine of all the trickery of man. She does not understand the order of the body of Christ, the structure that you need to listen to only one person, as well as those people that are in the same spirit with this person, and not just any anybody. Seeking uh, pastors across the internet by casting your legs uh, apart, as it says in the Bible, the name of God Fortress is called to incorporate the participation and power of God into all aspects of our life to give us opportunity and ability to approach God and by doing so be fertilized by the seed of his word. And what follows as a result in the lot contained in the name of God Fortress, we receive the ability then to bear fruits of righteousness in order to clothe us into the virtue of his light and thrust out within our, from within our body the old person into hell. 
Therefore, every time God, by the means of the Holy Spirit, allows a person to come and to approach Him, then the result of such closeness, we will always have a, a fruit, an acceptable fruit in the aspect in which we are coming to Him. And so the presence of God's fortress in one aspect of our life does not automatically mean it. it's a guarantee that it is present in other aspects of our life because based upon the revelation of Scripture, for the presence of the fortress of God in every aspect of our life, every aspect of our life needs to be brought into the proper condition and be cleansed from dead works so that in our heart we don't have holes for foxes and nests for birds so that the power of God would receive the proper basis to uh, do the work of fruits of righteousness that gives us then legitimate grounds to approach God in order to receive a fullness of salvation. And so we, in every aspect of our essence, are responsible to form this atmosphere in every aspect of our life, again, so that it can provide God proper grounds to be our fortress. And such an atmosphere is the good soil of our heart that is able to receive within itself the seed of the preached to us word of God. In order to, in the name of God, deliver, we can bear fruits that are in accordance to the received seed seed. And so again, we received the seed, God's for, uh, uh, the fortress of God, we approach God, we are then fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven, but the seed is not yet fruit. And so in the name deliver, we will be able to bear fruits of the seed. And so specifically due to our situ uh, our decision and then our actions after that decision will depend on whether God will become our fortress or will become our enemy. And so this choice is our decision to carry responsibility to, uh, for your calling, carry responsibility for your calling or to refuse to carry res your responsibility and prompt God's wrath against you. While we make a decision and take upon ourselves the decision uh, and take upon ourselves the responsibilities that we're supposed to take upon ourselves, then God will not yet be our fortress or not be able to be our fortress. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours, your will be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Luke 22, 41 through 43. And so, just looking at this place of scripture, forming an atmosphere that would allow God to help us <clears throat> and give uh, us the power to approach Him is an everyday collaboration between God and man. Considering this kind of situation, it is necessary for us to identify in every aspect of our life God's role and our role. And for this reason, <clears throat> as in studying the previous names of God, these names as the lot of our salvation, we need to answer a series of questions. First, what characteristics and criteria identify <coughs> our inherited lot in the name of God fortress? What purpose is the name of God fortress called to fulfill what 
price do we need to pay in order to provide God the ability to be our fortress? And by what results are we able to determine whether we are or that God truly is our fortress? First, not having a clear response to these questions where we can that we can receive, being instructed in the faith it, within God's unquestionable structure or order within the body of Christ, we will not be able to invest in our silver of salvation uh, given to us. And second, without an undeviating obedience to the preached word of God, that is uh, given to us from a father of God if we don't have this seed again we will not be able to receive uh, interest or profit from anything that we will invest in this situation and so first question what characteristics and criteria do does the fortress of God have Identifying the fortress of God gives us the right to approach God in Christ Jesus so that he can adopt our body by the redemption of Christ called to be Again, the fortress of God needs to be God himself for us. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Deuteronomy 33:27. We need to understand well that according to Scripture, what is a fortress and what, or what we run into or run to or what we approach identifies our God, our worship, our hope, our calling, and our final goal. Therefore, a person for whom God is a fortress will be under the covering of the everlasting arms of God, then this means that this person will live under the everlasting arms of God and will be under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Psalm 91, 1-2 He confesses the faith of the heart. He confesses who God is to him in Jesus Christ, what God has done for him in Jesus Christ, and who he is to God in Jesus Christ. He tells the Lord. He speaks with God. He communicates with God. He has a dialogue dialogue going on and he says Lord you are my uh, refuge and my fortress and whom I trust and to identify a person who lives under the shadow of the Almighty that tells the Lord that you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust, we need to know that for such a person, by identifying what is good and evil, will not base his determinations from something else but the revelation of the Holy Spirit that is based upon the written word by being instructed in the faith. Second, this person, by identifying uh, the revelations of the Holy Spirit and differentiating them from the uh, counterfeit revelations of man, will base it from the uh, will will do these things or determine these things from the abilities of the mind of Christ. When a person says, I have my own head, he says, my head is my fortress, my head is my God, my head is my glory, my head my, is my trust and my hope. They don't even understand that when they say these words, they deny God and become idol worshippers. They begin to worship their own personal mind, they begin to worship their uh, 
intellectual abilities. Because every time when we attempt to interpret the scriptures with our mind, we uh, are disputing and do not acknowledge the fact that any prophetic truth in scripture is the demonstration of the intel intelligent abilities of God and not the intelligent abilities of man. And so by doing such things, you reject God and are in the likeness then of a person who says these things. Who is the Almighty that you should serve Him? And what profit do we have if we pray to Him? Job 21.15 Every time, in order to know the truth, we turn to our intellectual abilities or our intellectual or the intellectual abilities of another person, we place our mind equal to God's mind, and in this way we then don't approach God, we approach then the intelligent abilities of our soul, elevating them to the rank or into a rank of a fortress of ours. And so to understand any prophetic truth in Scripture is only possible by the abilities of the mind of Christ, that within our spirit is the Holy Spirit upon the condition, if we, upon the conditions of the truth of Scripture, have allowed Him to reign and live within our newborn spirit. Here's what Apostle Peter says about this, 2 Peter 1, 19-21. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. And so not when someone says, thus says the Spirit or thus says the Lord, but what says in the Scriptures. And it's not of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were mo they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter one nineteen through twenty one. To be moved by the Holy Spirit means to be directed and led by the Holy Spirit, or be a fulfill of it, fulfiller of His will, which means upon practice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If a born from God's person is not filled with the Holy Spirit and conscious and voluntarily does not use all of his um, ability to depend from God, then he practically has no ability or opportunity to collaborate his mind with the mind of Christ or to acknowledge the power of the mind of Christ over his fleshly mind. Therefore, every time a person tries to interpret the scriptures with his mind, he dares then to call his flesh or the flesh of his mind the revelation of the Holy Spirit or his foolishness, he says, is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And by doing such things, not even considering what he's doing, he then... Uh, prefers or prefer he puts it for his own preference as his mind over what is the fortress that is God himself again he pretty much uh, signs of uh, the ver the verdict of death that he signs a uh, uh, 
for his destruction. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of aliens, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 28, 6 and 10. Uncircumcised people are our thoughts. Our thoughts will destroy us. We will come to such foolishness interpreting scripture that this foolishness will destroy us because our thoughts are not circumcised. Our thoughts don't have the seal of a covenant with God. Only the mind of Christ has upon itself the seal of God, a covenant with God. And such a mind is only something a new person can have. Because of the utilization of the truth of the cross of Christ, the mind of a person then is circumcised with a circumcision that is not that is without man's hands. And in this way, a person then renews his mind by the spirit of his mind which is the mind of Christ in our spirit. After this, our mind, with reverence and fear, then behaves and acts according to the will of the mind of Christ. The mind of a person that has experienced the circumcision without man's hands will never attempt to interpret the scriptures with the abilities of its mind or ascribe to himself the authorship of the Holy Spirit. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians 3.3 And so if we want for God to truly to be our fortress, then when interpreting the word of God, we need to come to God by listening to the preached word that are spoken by God's delegated ones and be very careful in our phrasing when it comes to interpreting the Holy Scriptures. The second identification of the fortress of God will be for us His good hand. The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek Him, but His power and His wrath are against all those who forsake Him. Ezra 8.22 Again, I will read this, this place. The hand of our God is upon all those for God for good who seek Him, but His power and His wrath are against all those who forsake Him. So again, His hand does good, but those who forsake Him, who say, I for myself, and those who vote for their pastors uh, by voting for them, then God's hand will be in power and wrath against them because they have resisted God's law. They have decided for themselves to choose a person when they and have refused to accept the one whom God has placed because the person whom God has placed will stand upon the boundaries of holiness will not deceive their ear, uncircumcised ears, but a person whom they vote for and select will deceive them and will uh, try to please them. But the person that God places, he only pleases God and is not afraid of men. He's not afraid of losing them if, the, if he does not speak as they want to hear or how they may like to hear uh, the word. 
From this we conclude that if a person does not have the ability or power to approach God as his for, as a fortress to be able to be fertilized by the seed of the of the kingdom of heaven, then the hand of God toward this person will not be for good, but for wrath. The word for good when it comes to a person or toward a person means that does good for a person in order to do good for him and lead him into the atmosphere of his healing peace. Under such a hand of God, we see specific acts of God, works of God, and this role has always belonged and will belong to the Holy Spirit because the role of the Father is by uh, pretty much making known his thoughts. And so the essence of the thoughts of God are the concealed and sealed words that are his. The role of the Son is to clothe the sealed and sacred thoughts of God into words. Again, the role of the Father is the revealed thought of God, intention of God. The role of the Son is to uh, to make this and rev- uh, to speak this word aloud, uh, the son, of, uh, the role of the son, and the role of the Holy Spirit is to accomplish this word. And so, God's good hand can become a fortress for us when we have an a continual uh, hunger and desire to get to know God and his word when we become we dry out because we're so thirsty those who hunger and thirst come to me and drink the good hand of God can and is called to become our fortress when we prepare our hearts to listen to the word and meditate about this word if a person that comes to the service does not prepare this heart uh, to listen to the word of God and does not ask God to help him to understand this word then the good hand of God will be as the hand of wrath he will not have the right to approach God he does not have the opportunity he may say that he's in Jesus Christ that he would he that he has the right in Jesus Christ but for that you need to fulfill the condition the good hand of God it can and is called to become our fortress when we confess before God, before ourselves and before men that word about which we meditate it is necessary to confess our hope not conceal it in ourselves but confess it when we confess then this is establishes us and places between us and men who do not follow that truth a a, a trench uh, as Elijah did they dug out the trench and they poured in the water and when they poured out, poured out water 12 buckets were poured out upon the altar upon the offering and he separated himself because the trenches were filled with water because the people did not understand where where God was and where Baal was. The good hand of God can become our fortress when we within our prayers place ourselves in voluntary dependence of the Holy Spirit so that he can fulfill everything that we meditate ab- about and confess. Practically these four that we just listed that come one from the other are called to be an identification of every prayer. This is the criteria of prayer, how you need to pray. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good.
could lead me in the land of uprightness. Psalm 143.10. When we're talking about the land of uprightness, we're talking about we're talking about the fortress of God in our body. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Romans 8.14. Those that are led are not those that are baptized in speaking in tongues, but those that are able to differentiate good from evil. Differentiate the voice of the Holy Spirit in their spirit from foreign voices or other voices, voices of their thoughts, voices of the devil that also through their thoughts may speak, voices of other people, people that have refused to be led refuse to be led by the Holy Spirit for the benefit of their own mind, lose the right to be called and be the children of God, and they then for themselves will deny God, and God's good hand will not be upon them. To identify the fortress of God is our belonging to the nation that comes from the promised seed of Abraham. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. A prayer of Moses, Psalm 91. Generally, every time when in Scripture you see such words as in all generations, then that means the promises of God in the imperishable seed of the faith of Abraham. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are all of them children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. Not That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Romans 9, 6 through 8, those who have believed in the promise has become their hope. And so this place of scripture, practically, if you paid attention, is talking about two forms of inheritance that are in two programs that are in one person that we receive from two uh, genetical lines or two genetical genesis. Uh, Either the flesh of Abraham or spirit of Abraham. And so the kind of program we choose is the one we will inherit if we receive the inheritance of Abraham as from the flesh, then we will uh, inherit corruption. If we choose the inheritance of Abraham as in his uh, this in the seed of promise in Isaac then we will inherit eternal life do not be deceived God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart Galatians 6 7 through 9 the essence of the program of eternal life and the program of eternal death, God gives them to us from one person. And from this one person, he spreads them out uh, and and allows them to go from generation to generation from one person. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham from one person might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the, of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3, 13, 14. Just as in one Eden there were two trees, the tree of life and tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in one person, uh, by the name of Abraham, 
of Abraham, there were two seeds, the seed of promise and the seed of the flesh, that contain in themselves two uh, contrary to one and other programs that were able to be passed down by two contrary to themselves uh, lines. When in ourselves, when we receive salvation, we then have within our body two seeds because and because before this time we did not have it because we as as if did not exist until we were saved. We received salvation. The seed of promise that is contained that contains in itself the program of life and the, of eternal life and there's also the seed that contains a program of corruption and the one that we receive is the one that we will receive we will uh, we will grow and that's the one that will bear us fruit and so just as Abraham rejected his nation, nation in the flesh now the Lord had said to Abraham get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you I will make you a great nation I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing I will bless those who bless you I will curse those who curse you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed Genesis 12 1 through 3 and so in one person, God will bless all men in all the, all the nations of the earth because they will receive the seed that God gave to Abraham. God is interested, and he's, he's an interesting individual. He finds a person, he places his seed into this person and makes him a father, and from him he begins to pass on to the generations his blessings. And so the faith of Abraham, or faith in Jesus Christ, we have from our father Abraham, the spirit of prophecy we have from Elijah, the throne and power and dominion we have David, from David, these three people in individuals in, in scripture, Abraham, the father of faith, prophet Elijah, the spirit of prophecy, from one, per this person, God passes on, and and then power of the kingdom uh, when we begin to rule when our mouth is pure and we begin to rule our feelings we lead our feelings and they gladly follow us gladly because there are people that are ashamed and say how I'm not supposed to love with feelings that feelings need to follow me it seems as when people have a strange thought, thoughts, they ask the questions. So, so did you not love, marry me for love, for the purpose of love? How is it? Do you not love me with feelings? You force your feelings to love me. In order to be married or to marry, you need to have feelings, of course. This is the best, the first. Uh, spark if you don't discipline these feelings and don't lead them though however uh, the covenant between a man and a woman if everything was so smooth and wonderful why did God have this covenant why did he even implement the covenant because a covenant uh, places requirement uh, obligation and 
today you feel, but what about tomorrow? Something was undersalted, oversalted, said something wrong in the wrong time. One wife tells me, three days he's angry, doesn't talk to me. I don't understand what happened, she says. And he says, do you not remember you sneezed in such an improper way and he it appeared that to his husband that her sneeze was improper and couldn't even look at her and so uh, but she, she said you will you promise to love me to the end and so this is where these things uh, this is a great example of uh, where you need to uh, discipline your feelings. You don't know the character of a person. You don't even know yourself fully. You don't know what you're going to do. What are you going to do if if this happens? I'll find out what I'll do. Some people say, "What would you? What will you do?" One pastor asked me, "What will you do if your wife says, well, I don't agree with this or that?'" I said, "I know what I'll do, as in general, but when this ha happens." If this happens, then you would know what I'll do. You'll know what I'll do. What I would do. It's very important to understand that our feelings. We need to lead the, lead them and discipline our horse. Our feelings are a a, a very hot horse, as it is a very fiery horse, flamed horse, and we need to discipline him. Our feelings are not disciplined, and we say that's it. And this in un, this purpose of not disciplining feelings, people then commit crimes and they kill each other because of of, of zeal and or, or jealousy uh, or and a person decides that something uh, and she or he uh, even to kill their spouses because of this jealousy because they did not discipline their feelings or their emotions. You got married and now take your feelings and, and put a bit, bit, a bit on it and discipline it. And when you begin to do this, follow your responsibilities within your marriage, you will never in your... And so people uh, get divorced, get divorced, have new husbands, new wives, find lovers because it doesn't... Be begin with a husband and wife. It begins with your relationship with God. Your relationship with your husband and wife is an example of your relationship with Christ. If you learn with Christ to consider yourself dead to sin, living for God, calling the non-existent as existent, and lead your feelings after the will of God, you lead your feelings to, uh, then you will learn to, with respect, treat your husband and your wife, understanding that they are an heir of, and, and they are, and understanding that she is not lower than you are, and even though she's called a helper, because God, as a helper, he's also a helper <clears throat> when it comes to us, but he's not lower than us, he's greater than us. 
you'll say, well, the husband is the head. Yeah, but the head is not a position, it's a role. And so God doesn't have a role, he has a position greater than us. But when it comes to our relationship with a husband and a wife, we have our roles. I have the role of a husband, my wife has a role of a wife, as a role of a helper. And as we talked about the role of a helper, in Hebrew is to stand for him and with him and also <coughs> against him. But that's how Protestant pastors don't teach. They say, your husband, you need to follow him, whatever it may be. As one sister called me from a neighbor church, the brothers have decided if the husband says to plant uh, the lettuce upside down, then you will plant upside down. Everyone said, Amen. Because it says that the wife needs to obey the husband as as to as uh, the as Jesus, but Jesus will never say these kinds of foolish things to plant upside down. Only because to them, the word of God is not an authority. They, with their mind, have established these kinds of uh, laws. And so how does the church obey Christ? If someone comes, a pro some kind of prophet, and he begins to speak, and it's not in scripture, stone this prophet, and don't be afraid of them. If a husband says or begins to bring about some kind of fool, foolish idea and you consider this or see this as something that is unwise, then you're not obligated to obey it or follow it. If your husband will follow the Torah, you will, will you stand for him and next to him? Yes, she says yes, but if he falls away from the Torah, will you stay with, you will continue to stand next to him? She says no, I will not. And so they beforehand uh, uh, give that instruction uh, that uh, you have the ability to break that relationship with a person if he turns out not to be a person that follows God or follows his responsibility of a husband according to scripture. I will make a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so when we receive this, and this is in our heart, then it will begin to work. And when someone begins to curse you, you'll say, be very careful. I am that person that if you curse me, they, you will be cursed. If you bless me, you'll be blessed. And as soon as you say this, it'll immediately begin to work. I've experienced this personally with Christian and non-Christian people. There was a different reaction, of course. When I tell say this to the Christian people, they became pale and afraid. When I... Uh, when I when I spoke said these things to the non-Christians, but when I spoke the, to the Christian person, I tell them these things, then they just begin to mock me and laugh. And so I tell him, you are a child of God, and so for God to punish you, you need to say a word. And and now that you... Uh, and he... Uh, and he, uh, he I, and I said, you need to speak the word so that... Uh, word so that the curse can actually work. And unfortunately, this person did say these such words. 
and unfortunately this person uh, died two weeks later. When I was uh, called out uh, by the KGB and one of them, one of the gentlemen that were speaking to me told me, I will squish you and destroy you. And I told him, be careful, those who curse me will be cursed and who will bless me will be blessed. And so this gentleman who was saying these things had authority over him and then uh, and there were several tiers of authority that were over this gentleman and he became pale physically and said, brother, let us just remain friends. But before this he was cussing me out and I told him, you started this yourself. I take all my words back, brothers, we are, brother, we're friends. Imagine how the situation changes. What affected him this way? Because what you say has power. If you will say, and there's no power, if it's not inside and you're saying it, nothing will happen, of course, nothing will work. You need to have the knowledge inside of yourself that you're a child of God, and those who bless me will be blessed, and those who curse me will be cursed. Blessing and curses are placed in dependence of our connection to Eden let us remember this we today have a surprising opportunity and qualities God punishes the ones immediately others little by little there are people who say you see we do these bad things nothing happens to us you see we're flourishing we're prosperous and remember when people uh, commit sins leave churches and form other churches and are prosperous then this means one thing God has placed upon the slippery slope when everything's going smoothly as they they ride from a hilltop and skiff down but at the very bottom it will not be a paradise but hell and when they see this hell they will only see it on the other side because God will not allow them in this time so for their eyes or ears to, to see or hear these things because they will then call out to God and he will show mercy. God has condemned them in such a way that they can be shown mercy. Uh, he has not let. Uh, there's no sacrifice left for 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 their sins, because they insulted the Holy Spirit. You know when it says, "Don't leave your church," as some have uh, a habit of doing. When people leave their church, they don't consider the blood of Christ, and they insult the Spirit of Grace. And so we need to be very careful when we speak with people that do this. They need to die for us. They hate us with all of their essence. They hate us. But they tell you, meeting you, that they love you. Don't believe these things. They just want to draw you in. They want to make you as they are to to poison you, to re-program re, uh, you, reach to change you. May God give us mercy to keep his word until the coming of the Lord Jesus. Let us bend our knees and our heads and pray and thank God for the words that we were able to receive today. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you again and again for this great privilege to listen to your words, to worship upon this place. 
that you have called your church because only upon this place do you reveal your grace, your mercy only here do you exalt it in our heart you show us mercy here you reveal to us the truth of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ and so we rejoice within our heart that we already have within our heart the stronghold of life that we already are carriers of the heavenly body just as until this time we were carriers of the carnal body and of course the world and people that have not accepted this promise may be laughing at us but the truth of the fact is your heavens rejoice about this and hell is ashamed Satan is trying to do everything to take this crown from us but you are alive and our soul is alive we will never allow this to happen and you according to your mercy give us the power of your Holy Spirit so that our eyes would remain opened so that we not become arrogant not think more of ourselves than we need to so that we humbly can judge ourselves according to the faith that you've allowed us to have. Thank you for this great comfort, for this hope, and for this joy that is above all of the unpleasant things in our lives, all the illnesses, all the losses, because we know perfectly that upon our account in Jesus Christ, we don't just have the promise of the promise of the adoption of our body by your redemption, but it is already in us. We already are the carriers of it. May your mercy be upon your people, and may in your nation all illness be cursed, all weakness be cursed, all ignorance. May your protection and safety be upon your children, and may they be safe from all wicked and lawless men that are attempting to take our life, our innocence, our purity, perverting our intentions and ascribing their unclean and wicked thoughts and ideas upon us. Your mercy is a blessing for us and may the lot of your names be upon your people now and forever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so now, let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.